The Anatomy of a Propaganda Email. Today we're going to deconstruct one of the most insidious pieces of propaganda that I have seen in a long time, and it comes from Indivisible, the main organizer of the resistance in this country, and the demonization of conspiracy theories continues. I'm Brad Binkley. You're listening to The Propaganda Report. I'm here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you today? Pretty good. I did spend the night reading about conspiracies and government plots against conspiracism, which just exacerbates conspiracism. So I'll tell you what I've come up with. If I can unclutter that jumble from the avalanche of anti-conspiracy theory stuff that has been coming out lately, uh, then I will share that with you. I'll share it with you either way. Whether it's coherent, we shall see. The propaganda has, while it is always there, has hit a serious fever pitch lately. A blitzkrieg, they might call it. There's (laughs) There's the long range, slow underneath propaganda then there's the blitzkrieg where they just overwhelm the population and we're getting a lot of that right now they're trying to drive people mad and i want to read to you it's a long email but i get these emails all the time from indivisible indivisible communist because i'm a communist apparently (laughs) indivisible might as well have a hammer and sickle and all the emails might as well be in red it is the most absurd propaganda and The people who deliver these messages who are kind of the face job for this organization nationally is a guy who is kind of meek and effeminate, even a bit fragile. It's him and his wife, you know, the most non-threatening people you've ever seen. Yet the messages that he's delivering are so insidious, they're so divisive, and they – if they haven't already, they will be a major contributor to violence that people cause – People's lives being in despair because of the way that they make people feel for the sole purpose of spreading their agenda and for taking these people money. They're they're not only warping and poisoning these people's minds. They're robbing them blind, and I know that not everybody in these organizations are the hardcore committed group. I'm specifically talking about the hardcore cadres that they have kind of organized around the country that will do anything that they say. So there's going to be a number of people who are on these lists who are dedicated to these indivisible groups, these resistance groups, and and the indivisible group is kind of the main one that drives uh, them and Women's March that kind of drive the the talking points when it comes to the resistance. And one of the ways they communicate the national agenda to the local agendas across the country is through their email list. And as you know and everybody listening knows, I signed up or I subscribed to their email list a long time ago, and I've been getting insider information from them ever since then. And they really do reveal their true selves in these emails and their plans. And not everybody who receives these emails are going to be a part of that inner hardened cadre who will do anything that these organizers tell them. But those who are the most committed to this group, to Indivisible and to the resistance, kind of see the people who write these emails and send these emails out and who organize all of this stuff, kind of see them as their sensei, as their Mr. Miyagi. The person that you just trust the most Mm -hmm. is your mentor that when you're confused and you want to know how to make sense of things, you go to them and and you – what they say speaks to your heart. You can substitute their judgment for your own. Yeah, exactly. But I also – I have to just interject that when you said it's going to make people violent, it has. It makes them 
operate outside the law. It's funny because that is what they're saying, why the FBI is targeting conspiracy theories, because right. they say people are promoting violence with ideology. Yeah, and, and – And did, but they're, they're talking about this group. call to action. These people are attacking ideology. You're, you're identifying calls to action. This is radicalization. This is the process of radicalization in plain sight. If you read some of these articles that they like new knowledge or somebody might write about radicalization in online forums where they're talking about white nationalist stuff or where they're talking about Islamic uh, terrorism, you can read some propaganda studies about how they radicalize people or whatever, but they never talk about indivisible. And if you compare some of the tactics and stuff they talk about the slow progression of building psychological commitment, the isolation from family and friends, the creation of despair, the overwhelming with information so that and fear putting people in a state of where they, they feel like they have to do something but they don't know what to do because they're overwhelmed, so they do whatever they're told. It's the exact same thing that indivisible does. So they Call it Islamic terrorism radicalization. They call it white nationalism radicalization. They describe how it works, and yet they ignore the people who are doing it more prominently in this country than anybody else, and it is groups like Indivisible, and they know exactly what they're doing, and it's not cool. Like I tend to give people the benefit of doubt, at least at first. Friends of mine that I hear or see on social media spreading talking points that I read in an Indivisible email or an Indivisible script a week earlier, I don't think that they are intentionally trying to spread false information or trying to mess with people. They don't want to cause harm. They're just true believers. Indivisible, on the other hand, they know good and well what they're doing, and it's insidious. And judging by this email that I'm about to read to you, it appears that they don't care that their words, their inciting words, are going to cause harm to people. Whatever their agenda is, they think it's more important. They think they're more important than these people that they're conning into. And in a lot of cases, I bet people are ruining their own lives. They've probably not talked to family and friends for a long time. I know people who have gotten caught up in these groups, and you cannot be around them. Nobody, even, even my friends who are liberal, who are Democrats, cannot be around some of these people who have been so far kind of radicalized that they're unbearable. That well, what about that? article I was telling you about earlier in the Huffington Post, that lengthy article about how it, she said, I just can't go on in this atmosphere and not do something. I can't be one of those people who's not yeah. doing something. So I am prohibiting my in-laws from having any contact whatsoever with my children because exactly. my in-laws are Trump supporters. That's exactly the type of thing. It tears families apart. And that child, if this person is stuck in this kind of propaganda loop for however long, then that child is going to be raised in it. It's going to be indoctrinated in it. And the family's going to be broken apart. Just like, you know, we talked about communism. Actually, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, of course, that is consistent with the things that they want to come out of the conflict that they are fomenting. All right, let's dive into this. Again, this is the email that I received shortly after the mass shootings that occurred recently from Indivisible, the leading organizer of the resistance in America, one of the biggest propagandists in America. The subject line of the email they sent, the first thing that I saw, says this. We need to talk about white supremacy. That's a tactic they, they use a lot. They always do the we need to talk about bigotry. We need uh -huh. to talk about racism as though they're an instructor and they're they're the sensei and sit down because it's time that we need to talk about white supremacy. And it's they're about a lesson to, time. 
Right. They're about to impart <laughs> this because they present themselves as these all-knowing authoritative sources, and they say everything in this matter-of-fact way with these uh, assumptions that are never validated. They jump to conclusions without any evidence. They make wild inferences, but they say it like this. This is so, and this is true, and, and I know it, and you believe it. And there's a group of people who don't question this stuff. All right, that was the subject line. Let's go into the body of the email. It starts like this. Indivisibles. We're not going to mince words. On Saturday, a young white man drove nine hours to Walmart in El Paso to murder brown people. It was spurred by the white nationalist ideology that Trump promotes. His Republican enablers in Congress support and Fox News mainstreams. I'm going to read that sentence again. We're not going to mince words. On Saturday, a young white man drove nine hours to a Walmart in El Paso to murder brown people. It was spurred by the white nationalist ideology Trump promotes, his Republican enablers in Congress, and Fox News mainstreams. Hours later, another white man murdered nine people, mostly black, in less than a minute. That's the first paragraph. Okay, first of all, can I respond? As yes, please do. Please. The do. Dayton guy was a Bernie supporter and right. an Elizabeth Warren supporter. He's clearly, if anything, Antifa as opposed to white supremacist. And the way they're laying out that attack on that guy and blaming it on Trump and specific people and ideologies is exactly how the conspiracy theory stuff is laid out in the FBI document. Yep. And with that stuff, you don't see like they don't really point you to the specific radicalization entity. And this is a specific entity with a name, with certain people backing it that are identifying specific targets, fomenting outrage. And let's see where it goes. Yeah. And on top of that, that second part of it, that's the lie by omission. That's one of the most yeah. frequently used propaganda tactics is to lie by telling the truth. I don't know what the number – I don't know how many people were black or not, but to say that <laughs> right. hours later a white man murdered nine people, mostly black, in less than a minute. Maybe maybe it was mostly black. I don't know. But they know good and well that this is leaving a wildly false impression. I mean this is an intentional, insidious lie, and these people should be ashamed of themselves. This makes me really angry because wow. this is such a You're general outraged. statement. They're, they're stealing these people. I get these emails all the time, and people give them money. Like they will send you frequently uh, – they'll send you updates about how much money they raise, and they'll be like, we've raised $750,000, and we need to talk about why we're $250,000 short of our goal, and we need to know we can count on you. I'm like, you are lying to these people, and you're robbing them blind. This is just BS. You can't leave the most important facts out. I mean you can. But it's a lie, and it's terrible. I thought of you this morning when I read this article in the Wall Street Journal or this headline, Warren Cashhole Shows Appeal. Liberal senator from Massachusetts has raised more than $25 million in the primary. <laughs> and you know she's not going anywhere. This operation that they're running is one of the biggest cons that has ever existed. And the American public, their target audience, is the mark. The amount of money that they're raising, that they're bleeding these people dry of, is reaching astronomical proportions, and it's all based on lies. It's, it's all lies. They're taking people's money, and they're not telling them why they're using it. You don't even have to win an election, and you can raise millions and millions upon millions of dollars as long as you're willing to lie to the public. Yes. Like Stacey Abrams, very general yes. explanations to her, her the use of the campaign fund. Why is she still raising money? 
And then they investigate it because, I know. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're making stuff up. It's being investigated. I don't have a lot of faith in the investigation. Why is she still raising money? I just did the Pete Raymond show and uh, he made me say it on the record that I still think that Stacey Abrams is running for president and that she will get the nomination. Yeah, absolutely. Now, she I, I, might <laughs> pull a Chris Christie. No, I mean, he was just like, come on. But if they really want her to be president, see, I think Trump is going to win. So, I mean, this is just too good. You know, this is just everybody just loves this too much. He's a huge it, distraction yeah. and he galvanizes and polarizes. So if they really want her to be the president, then I think they wait till 2024. But if they if they don't, then she comes out now. If Stacey Abrams doesn't run, it's Biden versus Trump. And I just can't Come accept on. that. Come on, no way. Want. Who else? Who Biden else? Why ridiculous? It's Who? Let's Kamala say Stacey Harris. Abrams didn't run. Kamala Harris is done. That stuff yeah, about I know. I, stuff I agree. I agree. Yeah, she's ridiculous. If Abrams doesn't enter, it's rich white man versus rich white man. I, I'm oh, not buying oh, oh, that guarantees the Trump victory. Yeah, well. Or Elizabeth Warren, another, like, round two of Hillary. That's Some another way Hillary's looking at it. Jump in. Huh? What? Some people think Hillary's going to jump in. Or Michelle Obama. I just Michelle know. Obama is the only one that I think would be a better intersectional candidate for them than Stacey Abrams, but I don't think Michelle Obama's going to run. She hasn't given signals. Abrams has been signaling. I think she runs. I think she probably gets the nomination as well. I don't see her being a vice president like they've been floating that thing again. She no, don't I don't see it. any of that. All right, back to this crazy email. Sorry, come on, what? You're in a hurry all of a sudden? Oh, no, I didn't. I thought you had something. (laughs) No, I feel like because we have been going at such a fevered pace, getting a show out every single day with the news of the day, I was really looking forward to the propaganda report so we could just, like, kick back. Oh, yeah, we can and have some fun but hey man if you want to charge ahead full speed i mean it's good it's good stuff go ahead you had something said i didn't mean to no i just i was just kind of turning it over in my mind that the thing might be i mean because i do believe trump is going to win again but i can also go on the record and say that i am pretty much always wrong about this stuff so (laughs) i don't really i'm i can see the psyops unfolding i'm not always a lot of times they are a couple of chess moves ahead of what I can see. So Stacey Abrams, I think, is going to play a big role. But I just I also think Trump's going to win. So I don't know if they're going to squander her. Maybe they'll wait till 2024. I don't know if it squanders her, though, because we already know what happens when Stacey Abrams loses. She actually wins <laughs> because mm. voter suppression. Remember? So if she loses to Trump, not only is it racist, it's voter suppression. It's the worst kind of racism because – You've uh, disenfranchised who should be our president. Yeah, it's basically unheard of in this day and age for a loser to come back and win. But she would have to win either as president or president of the world. Well, that's what I was going to say. You said she's going to be world president, so maybe she's just going to skip that. She's going to be universe's president. Maybe they appoint her to the Supreme Court. She drives me crazy. She's like my arch nemesis. I think. Oh, you hate. Worse I'm not. I'm not her ever. arch nemesis by any means. But yeah, but worse than yes, you are actually. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think you are. Uh, what about uh, Jake Tapper? Jake you Tapper's just a pudge. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, Jake Tapper's <laughs> first question to 
Beta O'Rourke. Beta O'Rourke's on the crime scene. There's flashing lights behind them. Please, there's there's families crying or whatever in the background. There's chaos, and Beto's on there just you know shaking his arms around. And Jake Tapper, oh, as the president, a white nationalist. What kind of question is that? And why is Beto O'Rourke the guy to answer it? Uh, because he lives in Texas, so he knows Texas, I guess, and he knows uh-huh. racism. <sighs> okay. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. I'm no, just you're taking good. a breath. Just taking a breath. <laughs> yeah, we have been moving at a, a quicker pace this I'm week. pretty excited about this new thing, though, because I really think there's a, a need for every day. So if people haven't heard of it, I think we're going with drive time prop. Your yes. drive time prop. Get you through your drive time. And we're going to bring you the news Every day, thepropreport.com or whatever your listening platform is, uh, in time for drive time, we're going to get you the news of the day from our perspective of truth, liberty, and justice rather than the propaganda and agenda and BS that you're getting from mainstream news feeds. Yes, we try to get around those left and right talking points that are just repeated ad nauseum. Yeah, in real time, though, I really mm-hmm. think the reason there is a need for it is because it is rather exhausting. <laughs> and so it's hard to do it. OK, go. OK, so back to the email, the subject line, the first paragraph already filled with some pretty shocking brass propaganda. Then in the second paragraph, it starts by putting a headline from the Sydney Morning Herald. And that headline says U.S. in the midst of a white nationalist terrorism crisis, which is basically a ripoff of a Brookings Institute headline on the same day. And the email goes on to say, as the Sydney Morning Herald in Australia put it, the U.S. is in the midst of a white nationalist terrorism crisis. The question is now, what are we going to do about it? Trump and congressional Republicans have blood on their hands. They refuse to pass laws to reduce gun violence, no matter how many lives are lost in places like El Paso or Dayton or Chicago or Virginia Beach or Parkland or Pittsburgh or Thousand Oaks or Annapolis or Santa Fe. This is to say anywhere. The same Republicans also refuse to pass laws to create a more humane, common-sense, people-first immigration system that protects children and keeps families together. See how they just check off the talking points? Let's see how many yeah, talking points we can see there. This is in the email? Yes. And they say that the Sydney Heralds cited both the gun laws and the immigration problems? Uh, no, they just they no, just said okay. the Sydney, they just the Sydney Herald. They took the yeah, headline yeah, and they used it. it. Yeah. yeah. They didn't want to so, use the Brookings headline. So right, Brookings yeah. fed it to the Sydney Herald and then whatever. So we have more humane. That's the talking point. Common sense, that's the talking point, common sense gun control. People first immigration system, that the people's first is very much a communist type way way of speaking, which by the way, there's clips all over the internet now of that Democratic Socialist of America uh, conference in Atlanta. And I I I was going to go to it. I wanted to go interview people, but it was too expensive to get in. (laughs) That's crazy. How much was it? It was like 250 bucks. Whoa, that is an outrageous amount of money for They're calling each other comrade and stuff and no stuff. yeah no yeah totally really yeah <laughs> comrades yeah it's just uh, bernie sanders yeah, does that too it's rally that who wants communism you get to help them get rich while they get to call you comrade and tell you what to do so one two three and then we have keeps families together that's four talking points in that sentence on to the next sentence The conversations we're having right now from gun control 
and white supremacist terror to immigration are intrinsically linked. Just this morning, Trump doubled down on his harmful, racist rhetoric by suggesting we pass background check legislation as part of a deal on his harmful deportation agenda. We'll say it for you. What the – and then it says, spells out the F word with bleeps in it. Uh, really? Yeah, that's what it says. Let's think about that for a minute. Let's think about this specific outrage for a second. Outrage over the fact that Trump suggested that we should do some sort of background check legislation, which is not really a Republican thing to do, right? Right. You would definitely not want a – it's effectively a gun registry. Right. It's not only that. It's also the very thing that Indivisible has been instructing their mind-controlled slaves to demand that their members of Congress pass since Indivisible started. But now, because Trump suggested it, it's a double down on racist rhetoric, with their justification being that he insisted that it be passed along with his hateful immigration agenda. Non-specified, non-proven, but hateful agenda the very thing that they've said they wanted since the beginning is now a double down on racist rhetoric. This is madness. It actually helps the Republicans be okay with it. Yeah, it's like you talk about a lot. They backdoor it in, the contrary law of democracy. But what this also shows is that everything is predetermined to be racist and that indivisible and the resistance – are mind-controlling their hardcore followers into seeing anything and everything that Trump does, even if what he does is exactly what they've been screaming for him to do. They still warped their minds so much that they see that very thing that they asked for to be a racist act when it comes from Trump. I mentioned, I think, yesterday on the Drive Time Prop about how the CIA deception manuals, one of those manuals, describes how you have to give people six or seven explanations that will inoculate them from reality so that whenever somebody presents them with something that just kind of exposes how insanely irrational they're being, they can just go to these default unthinking justifications. That was another thing that's in the conspiracy stuff. It's like people who believe in conspiracy theories, if you try to argue with them with contra facts, they say that just proves that you're in on the conspiracy. So all these elements that they're directing towards, for sure, like they're talking about, they're really focusing on, I mean, they even include kind of libertarians and stuff in their yeah. conspiranoid, whatever. But what you're saying is right there in black and white, and it fits all their criteria. Totally. And this little thing at the end, and it's in quote, it's in parentheses to kind of highlight it. We'll say it for you. What the F? So that is signaling to them because this sentence, it's very confusing. It's like, wait a minute. I thought we wanted background check legislation. That's what you've been telling us to push for. That's You've given us scripts to call our senators to tell them yeah. to support background check legislation, and now you're saying that just this morning Trump doubled down on his harmful racist rhetoric by suggesting we pass – Background check legislation, and then they then the kicker is as part of a deal on his harmful deportation agenda. So it's like b before you think about that sentence too long, we'll say it for you, so you don't have to say it, <laughs> you don't have to think it. What the f? I mean, that's and it what never that actually explains the problem, right? 
Right. I mean, the implication obviously is that his they don't they prove none of this, but the implication is that his deportation agenda, this very general statement, is so racist that anything that you fold in with it is by default racist too, even if it's the thing that you've been begging for for the past six months. Which it, is in keeping with what you said all along, they do. They don't want the solution. They don't. They, they need it. the problem. Right. They totally need the problem. I was telling somebody this last night. Who benefits more? And, and this is I, – I think our listeners know this. Who benefits more from racism thriving in America? I can tell you it's not the Republicans. It's not the people on the right. It doesn't – it's not a good look on them. Real people who are genuinely bigots, nobody wants them around. Nobody tolerates it. Racism – Thriving in America, if it's not, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that the idea of that, that it is, only benefits people who pretend to be the ones trying to solve it. Yes, definitely. They, it's you need the problem, and I, I feel that for just about everything. And I and I, and I think that we have grown to the point where we have enough money, we have enough productivities, enough wealth. That basically, although I have moral and political and economic viewpoints, you could probably implement any major government ideology and basically solve everybody's basic problems if they were administered correctly. And yeah. and that just doesn't allow for the Leviathan, the pathological overlord uh, government, or not even just government, like the the – the powers that be, I guess, who need to have fear and conflict in order to complete this transformation, which I do think 5G and international money and all that is a part of. I mean, yeah. I, I really think it's not like just pie in the sky, new world order or stuff. It's I, I think we can see every element of this marching along to a point where i mean if ever if if you can't toast your toast if if your credit score isn't good enough i mean that's a, yeah. like a thing you know like you get cut off from they the have grid. secret social we we're doing the same thing that china yeah. does just secretly yeah. and if that's what's happening if that's what's actually happening even if you tell me it's an accident and that my idea of how it could go wrong is paranoid and crazy, it will it will be hijacked by some jerks who see the potential. Exactly. I say it's being implemented by some jerks who see the p potential, but regardless, yeah. we way, are marching yeah. towards this, and and we would not allow for it. Even the 5G rollout that they're cramming down on municipalities – you have pointed out they couch it in terms of a battle against China. It yep. has to be adversarial. There has yep. to be conflict or we would stop and think about it and say, you know what? It's not worth it. I don't care. I don't have lice. Right. I have a flushing toilet. I just don't need my toaster taking pictures of me. Unfortunately, we don't have to think it or say it because they'll say it for us. What the F? Just like in the email. Thank God. I mean, we waste so much time thinking and articulating. We might as well just curse. Just to really beat down. No, they're not on this. real cursors either, because real cursing is not. I, I stop. It's an like you, emphasis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have. I used to swear all the time. You too. But like I have found myself 
every time I hear them say asshole countries on CNN yeah. or whatever, I'm like, I'm not. I don't, want, I I don't want to sound anything like these people. They absolutely took the fun out of it. And they don't even do it right. I mean, it's about it, it is about emphasis. It's about applying emphasis. It's, it's a well-timed and well-placed swear word. It's of very course. Effective. There's an art to it. Yeah. So to read this sentence one more way. Oh, just can really... I just say one more thing about the vulgarity? Yeah. My son pointed this out to me, and I missed it, although I remember the study. He said, you know, there was a study not too long ago that people who use vulgarity are more honest. Yeah, it's an authenticity thing. I, I know exactly what that study is. Yeah, I remember. That's, yeah, I that's remember. why Bader O'Rourke said that the other day. That's it was fame. Yeah. yeah. It's that's fake why authenticity. I think it's a whole movement on the left. I mean, what the F? And everybody just cheered. It was like he got a standing ovation from the media. This is why they have to have the, their audience younger and younger. It's stupid. and stupid. I mean, who's falling for that? But people who haven't seen it a thousand times before can't just see right through it. Yeah. So here's my interpretation of this sentence. Trump doubled down on his harmful racist rhetoric by suggesting that we pass the very background check legislation that we've been begging them to pass as part of his harmful deportation deal. We'll say it for you. What the F? OK, that's we're only we're only halfway through the first page of this, like five page email. I mean, there's there's so much. I won't interrupt you anymore. I just uh, want no, to. No, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, I could point. talk about this freaking email for days. It's ridiculous. All right, well, we're it goes not gonna... on to say. Okay, keep going. We have to do more to prevent gun violence. We need universal background checks. <laughs> <laughs> did you catch what just happened there? Yes, I did. They just yes, said I that did. we need the very thing that they that said Trump crazy. suggested. Crazy. I mean, that is twisting people's minds. What the F? Just to put that in full context, let me read the previous one nonstop and go to that one. The conversations we're having right now from gun control and white supremacist terror to immigration are intrinsically linked. Just this morning, Trump doubled down on his harmful racist rhetoric by suggesting we pass background check legislation. As part of a deal on his harmful deportation agenda, we'll say it for you, what the F. We have to do more to prevent gun violence. We need universal background checks. <laughs> this is so convoluted. What's the next sentence? We must close the Charleston loophole. We should ban high-capacity magazines and the type of weapons used in these mass shootings, weapons of war designed to carry out mass carnage in mere seconds. The Senate should come back to debate and vote on the pieces of legislation to expand background checks that the House passed months ago. Oh, this, interesting. Wait. These got – the Congress is on vacation? Mm-hmm. Just went for the August recess. Oh, yeah, because – the gun stuff, I have thought for a long time, they actually don't want it resolved. They want to get all this other stuff put into place, all the mental health stuff, involuntary incarceration, social media, censorship, all that stuff before any kind of real gun changes yeah, so they that they can change. use the wedge issue for for everything else first. Information if, if people didn't sharing. have guns, you know, they want, they want people to have guns. It's, well, it's they all want about people, actually coined an expression resistance grade weaponry versus target grade weaponry target uh justifying weaponry where 
if you have a handgun, they can just shoot you with their flamethrower or whatever. But if you yeah. have a rocket launcher, they they don't want that. And actually, rocket launchers are making their appearance in the urban environment. Whatever. That's for another day. Yeah, they're everywhere. So they don't want you to have a resistance grade, but they do want you to have target justifying stuff. They want you to have a gun in your hand so they can kill you. But they don't want you to have something in, you know, what she just said, war stuff. And by the way, take it away from the people who are prosecuting actual wars. Do what? They should take away the stuff that she's like, oh, there's no reason for citizens to have this stuff that's meant to make war. And I'm like, right. Why don't you take it away from the people who are actually prosecuting unjust wars? That She's, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. arguing that the only people that should have weapons of war are the our imperialist front, you know, the the – People who are in other countries killing people who are in their own countries. Yeah. She's not saying we should disarm anybody, anybody working for the United States government that's more than 750 miles outside the borders of this country. I believe that was Smedley Butler's uh, amendment for peace. Anyway, keep going. So the previous paragraph – said Trump doubled down by suggesting we need background check legislation. And then this paragraph has multiple times promoted the need for background check legislation just to really, really drive that home. And then the final sentence of this paragraph is, but this crisis isn't one that can be solved with gun reform alone. Oh, really? I wonder, I wonder what the solution is. Let's see. Let's find out. <laughs> President Trump's signature issue has and always will be villainizing black and brown immigrants. You read his Twitter and you've seen his campaign ads. Since May 2018, his campaign has run more than 2,200 Facebook ads mentioning the word invasion. And, you know, this is my si aside here. As we all know now, the word invasion is in the manifesto. Means racist. Yeah, yeah. And it's in the El Paso shooters' right. alleged manifesto. Right, right. And rather than calling out their racist party leader, this is so convoluted. This is their evidence of racism, of, of these sensational claims they just made. Their evidence is that he's used Facebook ads with the word invasion. Because invasion means racism. Right. Since May 2008, his campaign has run more than 2,200 Facebook ads mentioning the word invasion, and rather than calling out their racist party leader, leading Republicans and their Fox News backers have fanned <laughs> the flames, nodding along and sending him their donations while suggesting that some neo-Nazis are very good people. Well, you heard about what the El Paso – was it El Paso guy did that published all the names of people who donated to Trump? No, I didn't hear and that. And addresses, I think. Who did that? Some some official in Texas, I believe, which again character uh, qualifies as domestic terrorism because they're the a, people. A sheriff did. Yeah, because let me see who did it. While you're finishing, keep going. I'm listening to you. I can totally listen. To Those very good. And this is this is another lie. And I know we talked about this the other day, and I've talked about this since the day it happened. Yeah. So Joaquin they, Castro tweets list of Trump donors. <sighs> Jeez. Of Trump donors from where? 
San Antonio, I think. It says, a rep, Joaquin Castro, Democrat, Texas, is under fire for tweeting out a list of donors to President Donald Trump. Why the maneuver is so controversial isn't entirely clear. It's all information that was already public. Uh, yeah, take note from a prominent figure. It's, if you it's... donate to a political campaign, some of your information will probably be made public. So they want you to not donate. That's very clever. Yeah. So this very good people thing, we talked about it yesterday, is the biggest, most insidious lie that has divided this country up racially since I've been alive. It's terrible. And my friends who hear it all the time, who are reasonable people, some of them adopt it as truth, and you can talk to them and reason through it and show them. They play The media plays the clips backwards. They play them out of order. They play them completely out of context. They pretend that anybody who went to that rally – Anybody and everybody who went to that rally, there's just two simplified sides. Either you're, you're either you're brave, brave counter protester who's fighting the Nazis, or you're a Nazi. There's no in between. There, it's just so irrational, and it exploits people's emotions, and it simplifies the whole thing. It's, it's a lie. It's an unbelievable lie. And anybody who promotes it knowingly, knowing it's a lie, and these people do, I, I'm starting to really believe that they're just bad people. I don't like to say that people are bad people. I really don't. I think people do bad things. My eighth grade teacher said to me once, and never forget this. He said, "Don't hate people. Hate what they do." And that always stuck with me. And that's that's. I don't like to say that I. I don't like to say that I hate people or I, I hate what people do. And I hate when people do this, especially knowingly deceiving people and dividing them up. I mean, it's it's they're they're yeah. Well, they're fomenting people. hatred. I mean, they're doing exactly what the FBI is saying. They're doing exactly what we are being called upon to ask big tech to monitor and suppress social media for this kind of stuff. Because if you if you enter if you use the exact same everything like this is your you know a little game you like to play. If you just switched out a couple of key words to make it right wing instead of left wing, yeah, it would be taken down. It would right. be you know what I mean. You'd be in trouble. Yeah. Okay, so this next one is a doozy here. Those very good people are the people who wake up, pick up a gun they bought legally through our far too loose laws, and then walk into a school or a mall or a church or a synagogue or a Walmart and murder people who the president has told them are less than human. It's I wouldn't even write that. You know what I mean? Like, how is that okay? That's inflammatory, violent speech. And if your sensei is telling you this, if the person you, you – your absolute wisdom comes from, you believe everything they say, tells you things like this, what is that going to do to you? If you've already been hardened through these activism, these direct action tactics, they've already psychologically bound you to these groups to where you're loyal and you're, you're willing to go lay on a street to protest. You're willing to bust in to a senator's office. You're willing to go – lay on a congressperson's front yard, if you're already willing to do things like that, what does a sentence like this make you even more willing to do? This is pushing towards violence. Of course. I mean, that's what they're doing. And when you look at the stuff that you showed us last year, or even like the way Michael Moore talks, uh, the way they would say, you know, get you get punched in the face or whatever. I mean, yeah. provoking, inciting is is just triggering violence that will be retaliated. So if you right. even look at Charlottesville, you could it was was it is it not like clearly in the record that Antifa was the one who escalated the problem, I believe? Like they 
first of all, they didn't have the permit to be there. The people who did were being peaceful. You know what I mean? Like being the provocateur, provoking violence and creating the circumstances for someone to be killed. Actually, in a in a in a real situation, I really don't know how real that the details of that situation is. We've been told they are what they are. But if you were in if, you know, the family of a person who was killed in that environment would sue everybody, including you know, people bo- on both sides of the aisle for creating a riotous environment or for inciting other people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the legal principles to stop this from happening are already there. But you can see how from the media to the politicians to law enforcement, they don't treat any of these any of these calls to action or actual events the way you would be treated in a real life situation you know what I mean? Like I yeah, just yeah. this this doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yes, it's intentional high drama that has real consequences. But I'm, even if you look back at that James O'Keefe stuff where they outed these guys saying, "Hey, you know, if you're a particularly vulnerable person, we want we are teaching old ladies how to start fights." Is that right. what they said? Bird dogging. I've I've heard that somewhere oh, yeah. at multiple places. Yeah. I mean that's those people should be prosecuted if the FBI is serious about w- weeding this stuff out. I would say the number one from new knowledge to indivisible, they're the ones who are doing all this stuff. I completely agree. Indivisible is one of the most insidious organizations that exists in this yeah, country. Yeah, we have their writings, we have their names, we have the seminars that they give, the new knowledge, same thing. We have mm-hmm. their political tactics, their election interference. Why is this stuff if it's if the FBI is on it? Why aren't they on? I know these answers. I know these answers in their own words. Right. So earlier in the beginning of this email, there was the comment about Trump uh, doubling down because he presented. He said to do background check legislation. The reason they had to frame that that way is because these these people in their group, it, when they saw something like that come across the screen, when they saw the president urges for background check legislation, that's a that's a, that's a win because they, they would probably initially act as though that's a win because they've been asking for that. And it's like, yeah, finally we got it. But then they get the email. Oh, wait a minute. I guess we misread. Oh, I didn't really. Oh, I didn't realize it was connected to the deportation. Yeah, it's it's definitely racist and I better back away. So so that was the solution. That they had been looking for, that they had and been this, asking for, right? This is feeding into the Rush and Tucker Carlson or whatever is at least Rush and other people on Fox saying, why won't the Democrats just take the win? Why won't they just take the win? Trump is willing to give them what they want. Why don't they just take it? And of course, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But in any case, it's, it's there's never no, giving there's Trump no resistance. Win. There's we no saw resistance that, on the right anymore. Yeah, we saw that in the in the indivisible manual. It very much says, "Here's the reason why we don't really want this stuff to pass is because we, we it would give the president a win that he could claim that would help him, uh, that would humanize him." So yeah, they that, won't, they that don't is want how it's a, been mostly. I agree with you. I'm just waiting for the big shoe to drop where that where they're like, "Okay, we'll take it," and then it's you know universal gun control. You know, like it's right, just. Yeah. You're, you're making it look like, oh, we don't compromise, we don't, and then something big is going to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's gun control after they put all the other stuff in, the mental health stuff and all that. Yeah, it might get there. So they 
they dispelled they, – they said, okay, you, I know you thought we had the solution because you heard the solution you've been asking for, but here's why that's not really the solution. And then they rile them back up again, and then – so after this sentence where they say, as good people who wake up – the very good people who wake up, pick up a gun, they bought legally through a far too loose laws, and then walk into a school or a mall or a church or a synagogue or a Walmart and murder people who the president has told them are less human. So that's the most inflammatory, agitating part that – that that rouses them up, that makes them want to do something. You know, oh, we got to stop them. And so the next thing they say, so what do we do? Now that I've got you all fired up, what do we mm -hmm. do? About and it says, in short, a lot. We have to fight on every front. And then it says that means, and then there's a bullet list of seven things. That means demanding our members of Congress speak out against. White nationalism and terror fueled by white supremacy in no uncertain terms. So, what does that mean, even? What, I mean, what kind of what kind of solution is that? To speak out. To speak out against white nationalism and terror fueled white supremacy. What are they supposed to do? Call everything terror. Call everything white terrorism, white supremacy. That, that I think that's what they're saying there. We demand that they call everything what it is. Is, is I think what they're implying. I, 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 like that article well, you talked about. The feds are opening that one up now. That other one that happened, that shooting in uh, – Yeah, Gilroy. Yeah. Well, I know they keep demanding that Trump speak out against this, and he kind of did in that press conference he gave right after. But I feel like this move the, – the underlying need for them to denounce that stuff, they want to – it's really always the slippery slope that you were warned not to be paranoid about. But when they start talking about hate speech being a different kind of crime or a hate crime being more serious than any other kind of crime, if the, the broader you can make that definition at the same time that Trump is calling for involuntary incarceration, know uh, that courts can just decide that you're mentally ill and lock you away or take your guns – calling for the death penalty for who knows what exactly. I don't know. And I just, it feels to me like the broader, the broader you can make these definitions, the more sensitive people get to it, the easier it is to cast a broader net. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the idea. It doesn't just affect these people. They're trying to incite, no, but no. you yeah. hear it across the board right now. Right. But these ones that are hardened, like you're right, it has a different effect on the different groups, but these ones are like at the most radical. They, yeah. the organizing books, like the Lenin organizing books, talks about creating that core of soldiers that have a military-like discipline that you have created within them psychologically, and they will do what you say. And they are the ones that it's not going to be the large portion of the people that are involved in these things, but they're going to be the ones that end up being the most radical. And causing the most problems and doing the most bad stuff on both sides. Even the word both sides now, you can't even say it without thinking that somebody's judging you. It doesn't even matter what the context is. If you say, oh, look, wow. there's over oh, there's a yeah. pool table and on each on both sides of the pool table. I didn't mean that in a racist way, but I was just going to say <laughs> there's a couch on both sides of the pool table. I, I, but I'm not – I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. There's – yeah, they they that's what I found that El Paso manifesto was meant to make 
uh, like every idea under the book, left or right, like anything that was an argument that you could be like, well, you could see both sides of the issue. You're not even allowed to think it through. You must, you must react knee jerk to any word, the, the word, the, it was in the manifesto. <laughs> yeah. You just can't like, you yeah. can't see that anymore. like just turn on the TV and shut Nancy up. Nancy Pelosi echoes the language of the mass shooter in El Paso when she said the this evening. <laughs> She apologized profusely and is resigning. <laughs> so the second thing on the to-do list, organizing to tell our representatives to defund Trump's hateful deportation agenda by cutting funding to ICE and CBP in this September's budget fight. What's CBP? I didn't look that up. I don't know. I know what ICE is. CBP, Border Patrol. Okay. All right. I guess. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Number three. Showing up to ask the hard questions and get our members of Congress on the Customs. record. Sorry. Customs what? and Border Patrol. Customs and Border Patrol. Okay. All right. Sorry I interrupted you. I apologize. Sorry. Showing up to ask the hard questions and get our members of Congress on the record, publicly supporting a formal impeachment inquiry in the House. If 10 episodes of, instru- of, of, of obstruction of justice weren't enough, inciting domestic terrorism and hate crimes should be. He's unfit for office, and there is a mechanism in place to remove him. So none of that stuff is proven at all, but they just throw it in there in parentheses, that last little line, because if 10, if 10 episodes of obstruction of justice weren't enough, inciting domestic terrorism and hate crimes should be, as though that's just a universal fact. When there's really no evidence of that, it's so funny. Like they, they just put a number on it. Yeah. Number yeah. of what, what is this? Oh. Yeah, what is this number? Oh, I got to tell you about that Huffington Post article where the chick wants to cut her kids off from the mother-in-law. Uh, she says, I mean, can you believe she actually said this? She actually dismissed the teenage accusers of Roy Moore simply because they refused to come forward. Wait, say that again? In that article I've been talking about ever since I read it this morning, <laughs> but the the article where the chick says it's time to cut off my Trump supporting in-laws from my children. Yeah. One of the things she says in there in in as evidence that her mother-in-law is a monster is that the mother-in-law dismissed allegations by Roy Moore's teenage accusers simply because the accusers refused to come forward. And that's evidence of how horrible her mom is. But that's – the mother dismissed it because there's no evidence, and there was no evidence because it wasn't true, which that chick should know. That article came out today, and we've been talking about new knowledge for six months already. More. And she is going to deprive her mom from spending time well, with her I don't grandchildren. Even, you know, uh, she's. I doubt any of this is true, but they, she's. I mean, I know people who, who don't talk to family members and friends anymore because of this. Yeah, it I, might I, not be true for them, but it's true for people in America. This story was so propaganda y that I just. I, I'd be surprised if her in laws think this stuff at all. Even. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm not but, buying yeah. the story. I mean, she but, might be lying, but she's signaling for other people to who will do it. This idea, to what you were reading, this idea that evidence is irrelevant. I mean, that's dangerous. 
That is dangerous. It's completely dangerous. Because what she's saying, what your person is saying there, like, oh, is 10 obstruction of justice? Well, it's, it's just not... so arbitrary. Where does that number come from? Well, it could, it certainly is arbitrary because I haven't found evidence of even one occasion. It comes from them, and they'll say it. And it becomes fact because they say it. Like they'll list stuff out on their website. They'll give no evidence, but it comes from themselves. Yes, yes. But that's what this FBI report reads like. the 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 examples they include. I'm like, that was bull. That was bull. What are you talking about? That was bull. I mean, yeah. Read the footnotes, like you said. Stuff is is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Number four on their to do list. Asking our senators to publicly demand Mitch McConnell call an emergency session to vote on House-passed gun violence prevention legislation and co-sponsor S-42, Chris Murphy's Background Check Expansion Act. So that must be the non-racist background check legislation as opposed to Trump's suggestion of what was clearly going to be racist background check legislation. This is a tactic they use. They make outrageous specific demands that are – impossible and they demand that those things be met and nothing else or you're a racist and you're horrible so they intentionally set them up to where they they know that they're never going to be passed because they're so insane it's uh, the messaging bill right uh, what i actually think is going on i realize and it's like that you said congress passed it and the senate is republican so they're not probably going to move on it but over these years, I keep commenting, keep commenting that that all these Republicans are leaving uh, the House and the Senate. And I just didn't have my finger on it until I think now. I do believe that Trump is going to still be in office, and I think he'll have a Democrat Congress and Democrat Senate, and they'll pass all this stuff, and he'll sign it all. That's my that's that's my latest theory. Well, see, I hope yeah. it's not true, but I just he's he's a guy who does not stand on principle. He he what they're saying, the image they're painting of him right now is that he just loves to make a deal. He just that's all he'll do. If you yeah. give him a deal, he'll do it. He deals. That's what he does. Number five, insisting on meaningful plans from 2020 years on issues like immigration, fighting white nationalism and addressing gun violence. I would like to know what a meaningful plan for fighting white nationalism is. I would like to know what a definition of white nationalism is because when everything is racist and everything is attributed to white nationalism, then that's kind of broad like you said a moment ago. So I'd be interested in what type of thing they're really looking for here because this could this could really lead down a slippery slope here, especially when you have no real definition of anything. Only fear-mongering. I mean, what does that mean? What's a meaningful plan to fight white nationalism when they haven't even defined it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what I, – I have my questions about what it really is and where it really comes from. I mean, I believe that it's been created for purposes of of national conflict, for the ideology of tyranny. Yeah, because they're not even like even if Trump is a racist, yeah. like when they would say say that stuff about Ron Paul, which he did not write the stuff they said he wrote that made him supposedly racist. It was not him. But I would say it doesn't matter at all because he doesn't want any power. He's not going to make any laws 
that favor one race over another because yeah. he doesn't write laws like that. Laws are very basic principles that treat everyone equally, and and he has a long track record that that's what he does. So if you have yeah. if you have your principles in order. And the if you really just limit the Constitution to what it says the government is limited to and make sure you employ the Bill of Rights to protect us from an overreaching government, it does not matter if the executive has preferential feelings towards any group or anything because he should not have the power to treat people differently. So it's it is much more important to focus on actual policies and the immigration stuff, I don't, I, you know, I'll leave that aside. That is a competing rights issue, so you could, like, approach it from different angles. But the background checks on the gun stuff, I mean, the government doesn't have the right to disarm us when their right to arms derives from our right to arms. We yeah. have never given, exactly. we haven't forfeited it to them. We've extended it to them. Yeah. And that's what we – and that is, you just should not cross line. That is much more important than calling people names. Yeah, that's a great point, and that's exactly why they call people names. So that people yes, focus on but that. that's why it's the ideology of tyranny because yeah. it gets us to hate each other. And when they talk about this white nationalism, all it is, in my opinion, in my – it just it came to me, they – they finally succeeded in injecting identity politics into the right. It was never a thing yep. of the right. The right hated it. And now identity politics defines the right. I smell a rat. And the final one here, and this is an interesting one. This is one that you are going to – there's going to be major stories surrounding this issue in the coming weeks. And the least clickbait-worthy but potentially most important – it means calling on senators and 2020 candidates to get real about how we get any of this done and commit to ending the filibuster in 2021. Whoa! What? Trump called for that. He'll. I don't. I don't think he would have to sign off on it because it's a point of order, but or rule, internal rule, but. He calls for that stuff, and that is such a fundamental checks and balances principle. Yep. It was interesting. In this conspiracy theory thing I was reading by Cass Sunstein, it talks about how it's crazy to to believe that what's really crazy about conspiracy theories is they have to believe that the checks and balances have failed. And yeah. when you when you disarm, when you unprotect the minority, the beauty of the American system is that individual rights are put above – majority rule so the the filibuster is an important way to keep a temporary or or like not super majority in check they just have to respect the minority will and nothing is really that important i mean the gun gun control if you want to implement it it it's it needs to be within the states that they that's why a lot of times they have them cross state lines to make it clear that it has to be a federal issue but it really does not i'm trying to find this thing where it says why it's it's so crazy all right well you looking for that i'm going to go through cuz we got a lot still got a lot to go in this email oh no really sorry see i took it easy i thought <laughs> i could take uh i thought i could take my time 
we're going to see a lot of these themes upcoming. That's why I wanted to go through it all. So it says after that, after giving a lot of information, it says, we know that's a lot to think about all at one time. And this is <laughs> this is where the, the CIA manual comes in, overwhelm them, and then when they're ready for action but overwhelmed. So here's our top three action items for the week to move our entire agenda forward. So they simplify it for them, and it says, your three weekly to-dos, number one. And pay attention to these dates because we will hear news stories about these issues surrounding these uh, – uh, before and after these dates. So there will be major news that prompts the public to talk about these issues. Uh, this is this is the guide. I mean this is how you can kind of anticipate the type of stuff that's going to happen in the news is, is going through some of this stuff. And the first one is – Check out our new toolkit to fight back against Trump's racist deportation machine and start planning your September defund hate week of action event now. Defund <laughs> hate week of action. Oh, the defund hate week of action. Yes. This September's work on the budget will be the biggest advocacy fight of the year, and there's, and there's so much at stake. As our members of Congress return to D.C. next month, we are organizing a national week of action for our defund hate campaign. The week of action starts with a national call-in day on Monday, September 9th, and will build up to a major nationwide mobilization on Friday. Nationwide mobilization. People say it's organized from the top. Here it is, people at the top right here saying they are organizing a nationwide mobilization campaign. It's not organized from what the is- bottom. What is funding hate again? Like what are they actually objecting to? Does it tell you? It might tell us in the coming pages. Okay. Can I read you my sentence about the checks and balances? It says uh, this is the Cass Sunstein is saying how conspiracy theories are really hard to believe. Um, It says in such societies, closed societies, Conspiracy theories are both more likely to be true and harder to show to be false in light of available information. But when the press is free and when checks and balances are in force, government cannot easily keep its conspiracies hidden for long. Mm -hmm. These points do not mean that it is logically impossible, even in free societies, that conspiracy theories are true. But it does mean that institutional checks make it unlikely in such societies that powerful groups can keep dark secrets for extended periods, at least if those secrets involve important events with major social salience. I completely disagree with that. Like that's the that's the scam. That's the wool that it's pulled over our eyes that the checks and balances work. Of course, I don't think they do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. All right. Keep going. As our members of Congress return to D.C. next month, we are organizing a National Week of Action for our defund hate campaign. The Week of Action starts with a national call-in day on Monday, September 9th, and we build up a major nationwide mobilization on Friday, September 13th. Start planning now to tell your member member of Congress to cut funding for ICE and the Customs and Border Protection Agency and the upcoming Department of Homeland Security funding bill. So those are the specific things – that they and they will give them more information oh, on how funding to do it. ICE. I mean, right? Are they really suggesting open borders everywhere? I mean, really? Like, how do you? I think the defund ICE campaign is an easy slogan to put on a T-shirt to rile people up about that issue that you never have to actually intend on doing it, but it's it's an easy right. one to get people angry about. And I just for the record, I don't the open borders don't bother me as long as we stop interfering with other countries with economic and military 
warfare that makes those countries impossible to live in and makes it harder for them to prosper. Yeah. I'm fine with I'm fine with whatever. I just when you mess up everybody else's countries and then open your border, you got to figure that's an intentional way of driving the most desperate people out. And it like Venezuela, I've met so many Venezuelans recently because they're being driven out of their country. Yeah. And I don't I, I mean, they they are actually the I think the the very well educated people are are the ones who are able to leave first. So it's not like it's. Uh, anything but good for us. I'm just saying when you mess up countries, you create these these movements of people that are are inorganic and difficult to deal yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, because they had they don't have that common background like we talked about on the show earlier today. Yeah, there's a lot of factors involved. I mean, right. you get rid of ice, but then get rid of then we need to get rid of the welfare state. We need to restore uh, absolute private property rights and we need to stop all foreign interference in economics, all trade agreements, all uh, barriers to trade, all military involvement. Uh, yeah, fine. All minimum wage laws, like get rid of everything. I'm totally down for a self-ordering society. Totally fine. But I don't think that's what they're promoting. No, I don't either. So they are promoting the defund hate week campaign. So there's going to be a bunch of people screaming racist, uh, even more so in early September, around September 11th time. And then number two, and expect this uh, this August, this month, and this has happened each of the last two years, some screaming town hall meetings. This August, demand your representative publicly support a formal impeachment inquiry in the House. We're a proud partner with Move On, Need to Impeach, Stand Up America, and others on the Impeachment August campaign. So the Impeachment August campaign. We had the Defund Hate Week in September. In August, we have the Impeachment August campaign. The ask is simple. Find a town hall or register your own district office office visit and demand that your representatives in the town hall support a formal impeachment uh, inquiry. Now – the demands when they make these, they tell them how to make these demands, and it involves asking questions like, are you going to stop the racist authoritarian Russian puppet in the office or not? That, that, that's like a question they'll ask like a town hall person, and they'll shout at the town. So this is – these are obstruction things. that they're, These are direct action tactics that they're going to be telling them to do. It goes – Yeah, yeah, that that's a response to what he said, yeah. After the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton this weekend, every senator should publicly demand Mitch McConnell call an emergency session to debate and vote on gun violence prevention legislation and to co-sponsor S-42, which would close loopholes and require background checks for all gun purchases. And then they link to the script. If I can find it, I can read it to you. But I, I just – I love how they started by saying your third to-do action in order to stop – this monster, call your senator, read this script. Not not sit down and think and ponder and come to your own conclusion. Yeah. Call right. your senator and say this. Yeah. And don't ask me any questions about it. And then it goes on to say a word about filibuster and gun violence prevention, and it does a pretty long spiel on how Republicans have used filibusters to prevent gun to prevent gun control and to like promote violence. And common sense gun control is a word you see a lot in this paragraph, and it closes that section by saying, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking a lot more about the filibuster and why we must eliminate it. 
But in the meantime, check out this explainer from Vox on what it is and why it has to go and read our explainer. Then start talking to your senators and go to a, and the 2020 candidates about why you're demanding that they commit to eliminating the filibuster and get them on the record about their positions. So they suggest going to Vox News, V-O-X, to learn about what a filibuster is. That's not in any way biased. They're in no way a completely liberal propaganda outlet. Do you think these, the propaganda from the right is similar? Do you get any emails like that from the right? I mean, they, I get, I do not get as many from them. Sign this the petition, ones I get aren't blah, blah, blah. as extreme. Sometimes occasionally like a Sean Hannity type thing. will be a little outrageous sometimes, but the, the volume and the number that I get or, from the, or the left stuff that just walks you through step by step, how to no brainwash yourself. Like, no. I feel like that's a very collectivist approach that would yeah, not no. appeal to the right. The right does propagandize and try to raise money too, but it is not near as, as organized. Or yeah. As like yes. And intense. as psychologically, uh, psychologically tactical, I guess is what. Very psychologically tact tactical. Yeah. Just the way they lay it out step by step and hold your hand through it. And I, it, it, they're just something about it seems very left rather than right, which, of course, gives the left an advantage in the political arena, which people yeah. said, like, why can libertarians never gain power? Because they don't want it. <laughs> you know? the, yeah, the they don't want it. It's competition like, is just yeah, it's overwhelming. All, it's anathema to the libertarian psyche to want to control the anybody else and or to follow somebody else's like lockstep script. Yeah, found the script that they're supposed to call their senators with. So you're supposed to call your senator and complain that they said their thoughts and prayers are with them. Hello, I'm a constituent calling from city state urging senator <laughs> to co-sponsor S42 and call the state and call the Senate to return from August recess to take action on this urgently needed legislation. Despite the hundreds of mass shootings in our country every year, the Republican-led Congress refused to act on measures that would make us safer, especially in the wake of tragedies like the mass shootings at Stone Stoneman Douglas High School and the Tree of Life Synagogue, along with many others that we don't hear about that disproportionately impact people of color. It's that – it's clear that thoughts and prayers are not enough. I'm glad that S42 would begin to fix the problems, even though I've never read it. I support requiring background <laughs> checks for all the gun purchases, and I'm not alone. Comprehensive background checks enjoy broad support in Congress and overwhelming support in the public. And even though Trump suggested that we do expand background checks, he's racist when he suggests it. So no, will Senator co-sponsor S42 and demand that Mitch McConnell bring the Senate back early, bring them back early from August recess to act? I will be watching for their co-sponsorship. I thought it was so funny when you took that. It was a shame to do it to the poor secretary, but when you did that and like said stuff like insert your name here or I'm from city and state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just and they, she went with it though. She didn't she didn't call you an idiot or anything. She definitely thought you were just a dupe pawn reading from a piece of paper. It's funny cuz people call the Monica Perez show reading some of these scripts sometimes. You think? And, no, I know. I know they do. 
I mean, I can hear that they're trolls, but I just – I don't know if they have scripts. They have scripts. Some of them I have heard. Oh, is that why script. I can short-circuit them? Yes. Because I'm like, oh, that's an interesting point. What do you mean by that? You're and not responding like, the way the script the way the way script says the, the radio host is going to respond. Yeah. I just want to know more about what they're saying and why they think that way. They're like, what? This wasn't in the script. You're supposed yeah. to attack me. And the other thing is when they never stop talking – they won't aunt let me say anything, and I'm like, I have a hold button. Like, I can mute you. I don't want to mute you. I hate muting people, but I'm not going to let you hide. I used to. You know, I did. I didn't. I didn't. It took me a couple of years to really get it. You're good at that. You're better at that than I would say just about anybody. Thank you. Of course, the other people, they just try to fight with them, and, and that's what they expect them to do. Well, and, the- it, that, and it doesn't help people think things through. Right. Absolutely. I think you have – there's a couple that, like, I think – by giving them a voice and then talking to them, that's how you change people's minds. So I think it's I think it's good that you do that. Here's one last section of this email, and this is where it all leads to. Every single time we've built up a lot of fear, we've built up a lot of guilt. We've said there's so much to do to stop these monsters. We need your help. We simplified it. We told you the actions to take, but if you aren't able to take those actions, we need to let you know this. All this all this work costs money. We've outlined a lot of work in this message, a lot of work in this message. We've talked about calling your senators and gun violence legislation, pressuring the administration to cut funding to ICE and CBP, pushing Democrats on impeachment, speaking out at town halls, demanding the Senate limit the filibuster and doing the work to take back the Senate and protect the Democrat House, and that's just scratching the surface. We've got so much to do. It takes a lot of things to get all that done. And one of our jobs at Indivisible is to provide tools and resources so that we can make all of that calling, pressuring, pushing, speaking out, demanding, and doing the work as easy and effective as possible for you. You see, they're doing it for them. <laughs> if you can, right. if you can, please chip in $5. Your donation supporting Indivisible action will fund those tools and is an investment in taking back the Senate, ending gun violence, and pushing forward – all of Indivisible's priorities. If you saved your information with Act Blue Express Lane, Act Blue <laughs> Express Lane. Your so donation, just in case you're in a desperate hurry to empty your pockets. Yeah. You don't even have to look at what your what the cause is. Just get in the express lane. If you saved your information with the Act Blue Express Lane, your donation to Indivisible Action will go through immediately. Then it says donate five, donate ten, donate twenty-five, donate another amount, and then it goes on. And this is a key factor. This is a a key technique they use. It goes on to promote the indivisible win of the week, and this is where they feature the local indivisible group who did the most good work in the past week. This is the carrot and stick. This is how they get them to do increasingly radical behavior. As they reward them nationally, they praise them in front of everybody when they go lay down in front of uh, – uh, they go lay on the highway with their their indivisible group, and they they do it in the name of, of a protest for one of the issues. Or they go storm a congressperson's office. They reward this bad behavior, and by rewarding it nationally, by praising them, they encourage other indivisibles around the country to do even more bad behavior, even more disruptive behavior. This is a radicalization process. That is true, yeah, and that's kind of like abuse. Yeah, it's funny because it says indivisible lumpkin. Bird dogging pays off. No way. (laughs) Yep, this is what it says. I'm not sure what they did, though. I I really feel like – 
I mean, I've been sexually harassed plenty. <laughs> and a, a lot of times the way it, it, I mean, possibly every single time they co-opt you first. Like they, they take, they like your friendly, stupid girl. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Sure. Like you're so pretty. Oh, thank you. I love being pretty, you know, whatever. And, uh, uh, they, they like take a little more liberty, a little more liberty. So all of a sudden you're totally in their camp. And then they make some outrageous suggestion that you're just like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to, you know, I guess I led you to believe I would say yes to that. Yeah. But I don't want to. Now, in that case, it's like self-preservation. You can usually get away. Not always, though. I mean, it, it it's bad. And uh, it just feels like that to me, like where they they co-opt you, they drag you in, they make you like on their side. And then at that point they can make you take another step. I mean, I, I wonder if it's like hierarchical secret societies are like that too. I'm not really sure, but Probably. like, you know, they can keep, they can say, okay, well, here's more. Can you handle this? And yeah. it's like, well, I, I guess so. I mean, well, you, you said that you, we're behind the cause. Are you, is that not true? You know, you told everybody right. you were, they build the psychological commitment and they increase the severity of and the risk they're willing to take by yeah. small individual actions that increase in. But even it, like in the sense that they might violate morality, they might have thought they held. Right. Because all of a sudden they're fully committed to this group and then they realize what ends justify the means really means. Yeah. By the time they're already roped in, they will compromise them and they will they will threaten people that won't do stuff. This that is, is what the uh, Lenin organizing model describes, and the CIA documents too describe similar things. But the moral aspect of it, a lot of times they don't have to worry about that because the way they rope them in is on a moral moral basis like George Lakoff talked about. They present it in terms of doing what they tell them to do is that moral thing, and that not doing it is the immoral, horrible thing. So they convince them that they're acting – they're taking as Michelle Obama would say – the high ground. When they go low, they go high. They're convincing them that that's what they're doing and that it's necessary, even if it's terrible, because it's moral. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with. That's why I'm. I will always be an individualist rather than a collectivist. I mean, you have to have. You are the one who's in control of your behavior. Therefore, you must be the one who holds fast to moral principles. Yeah, and I want to say about their fundraising thing there that they do. I have no problem with people when they're doing work, doing fundraising and stuff, especially if it's for a cause that if they're, when they're open with people about it and whatnot. Indivisible, like three days before this email, sent out an email about how they had only raised almost a million dollars in the past like few weeks or something like that. And that to me reminds me of the Miami Herald acting like they had to bootstrap their way to go read all those court documents, even though they were getting they were part of a three hundred million dollar Google News initiative. We're not working under a three hundred million dollar Google News initiative. <laughs> yeah, it's outrageous like, that they ask for money. These are, when the, these are the wealthy people. Yeah, the already rich people asking people who might not have much money to give them to. So it, it's like reverse Robin Hood. You know, yeah. you take from the poor and you give to the rich. But that's is what this part is. of the that I would say the number one reason is the co opting. It's not the money. Oh yeah, I think it's. I think it depends on who it is, but yes, the co-opting I mean, and having they, that psychological combat army—that's what they call it in communism—a combat army. But they want you to give money 
as part of the commitment process. That's yes. I, I, that I don't even think it. it's for the money. I think that they like getting rich. The amount of money that these organizations raise in small amounts of time is unbelievable. They're getting filthy rich off of this. That might not be their top priority, but by God, it's 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 one of the luxuries that they are exploiting the hell out of all the time. Yeah, it's kind of sick. It's like it's like the ma- the commercials on mainstream news, cable news. You pay for cable, you watch the commercials. And they are brainwashing you with it or like the CIA, you know, you we're paying our taxes to have them automate our jobs away, spy on us all the time, put people in jail who don't deserve it, invade other countries. I mean, they are taking our money to hurt us. It's terrible and they don't need it. That's to- part of their scam, like tax exempt foundations yeah. is so they can – implement their think tanks and all their psychological stuff and all their social engineering at double the rate because they don't have to pay taxes on it. They can donate it at the full amount, even though it's destructive to society, not constructive. Yeah. So here's the final paragraph of the email, and it's another doozy. Republicans created this crisis, period. End of story. This is their strategy – A relentless assault on our values, our sanity. They're hoping that we let cynicism take over, that we begin to opt out, that we stop resisting, that we compromise on one crisis to address another. This has been their strategy long before Trump became president. It's up to us to not let cynicism creep in and take over. We have to take the anger, the sorrow, the outrage and turn it into action. It is our opportunity to create a crisis for the Republicans. It It is our opportunity to create a crisis for Republicans, and we can only create it when we organize, when we show up, and when we collectively raise our voices to demand more from the people who represent us. Your members of Congress are home right now for August recess until September 9th, and they all need to hear from you. So stay angry, get organized, and let's get to work in solidarity, indivisible team. Stay angry? Stay angry, my friend. Stay angry, my friend. (laughs) That is nuts. Isn't that just an unbelievable email? Oh, that is just sick. But it's very – the most interesting thing to me, I did not snap to this, is that Congress is home. Yeah. Since I started following indivisible – this August recess, it's like their Super Bowl. It is what they build because this is when they can get people They're to spread their propaganda parties. at home. Yeah. And that's why we used to hear those shouting. We played some clips a few years ago of the people shouting at the town halls yeah, in like yeah. Kalanika, Georgia. Yes, and stuff. yes. That's what I'm saying. That's when they incite people to violence. Right, yeah. That's when they try to subvert the civilization. I'll tell you what, people better just be careful. I mean, I. They, these things are fun to go to if you want to people are watch they? and stuff, but they're fun if you want to people watch. I would not show up to the Charlottesville thing. That's gonna the anniversary for that. I think you, I think it's not a wise thing to do to show up to that. Hopefully nothing happens, but yeah, right. You don't want to be there. There's no reason to be there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I know I took up most of the time with that long email, but we got a few minutes left. If you wanted to. Like, I think got about two minutes left, I believe. Well, I have a lot of stuff, so I think maybe I will 
It's a little bold, but I think I might bring my conspiracy analysis to the WSB show on I Saturday. I think you should. I love that stuff. <laughs> I think you totally should. It's really shocking. I mean, it's a long, long thing to read. I've read it like this will be at least my third time reading it. So uh, I there's tons. Of, it's too much to hit now, but there it's there it's it's all about these crimes of the mind crimes of the mind mm-hmm. mental illness conspiracy theories racism i mean yeah. these are crimes of the mind and right. and i'm not saying they aren't bad i'm not saying they are bad i don't think conspiracy theories are bad i think mental illness is bad i'm not sure it's always mental illness i think racism is bad it's a sin against the holy spirit but these are yeah. not actual crimes. But that's well, you're right. They're they're starting they're starting to they're already they already judge people based on what they what they presume is in their mind, whether they actually believe. I don't believe that all these people, these politicians, I don't believe for a second that they think Trump is racist. I don't believe that Jake Tapper thinks he's racist. People of all races call my show and say you can't believe Trump is racist. I'm like I don't believe he's racist. I'm just. I'm just reporting the news. You're you can call, tell me what you want, but nobody I haven't had anybody call and say that yeah. other than trolls. Yeah, I think that people that follow these groups, that follow these politicians, they have been propagandized into believing it because I hear people mm-hmm. say it all the yes, time. Yes, they and, do believe it, yeah. And I'll be like, prove it to me. Prove your case right. to me. And they'll be like, Well then they'll cite one case and I'll and I'll say, wait a minute, and I'll I'll give an argument that completely undermines that one, then it'll and just be And what do they well, mean by it? What do, do what? they mean by it? Yeah, do what's the definition that? of it? Tell yeah, me the definition of it. Does he – do they think that he wants people to have different rights under the law? Like does he – do they think that – I think they would say be, yes to that. Right, but let's take immigration out of it. Would he say that people of different races living in the United States, born in the United States, should have different Sixth Amendment rights? I know people who would believe that. Say yes to that. Yeah, okay. And I would be like, give me your proof of that. And they, and, they would just and be you know, But beyond that, it should not be in his power to do those things. And it isn't. It's not in his power to do those. And her. nobody would allow it. Well, unless I would they, they backdoored it in. I, I would I mean, I don't know what's real and what's not real right. as far as what people will allow. I mean That's true. uh Crystal Irving Crystal said that people we have to have a conservative welfare state because people demand it. I mean, that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, you know, people they will say that to make you think that that's if you say things matter of factly, people believe then it. People will believe it and you have a <laughs> position of authority. It's that's very true. That's one of their main tactics. And I guess that about wraps it up and I look forward to hearing the conspiracy stuff on WSB on Saturday. And also be sure and check out the drive time prop. Monica, you have anything to add on that? It will be out at four o'clock every single afternoon. So if you want to listen to it on your way home, listen to it, but listen to it anytime you want. It should be 30 minutes every day, same time every day of the news of the day, jam-packed from top to bottom with what's going on from a position of truth Justice and liberty, not propaganda, agendas, and BS. It's just if you are sick of having to ingest your news in the context of somebody wanting to influence you, I give you my opinion. 
but I am most certainly, I wish it were open mic because I would love to hear your opinion. You can always do that at WSB. You can tell by the way I take calls that I do want your opinion. I'm just trying to give you the news with my perspective. Binkley's doing the same thing with his perspective. And uh, I think it's a refreshing change of pace from the left, right, one-sided, half-empty news that you're getting from basically every mainstream outlet. And you can tweet your opinions at us at uh, I'm at Freedom Act Radio, and Monica's at the Monica Perez Show on Twitter. And you can go into the pool on the PropReport.com, the uh, discussion forum that we have, and you can comment there. Um, And you can get all of our shows at ThePropReport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. Everybody who's donated to us, who's supported us in a variety of ways, thank you so much. Just all the support that we get. Whether it's uh, people giving it, helping us um, with uh, contributions or sharing the show or leaving a positive review on uh, iTunes or just defending us when we're when trolls are coming after us online on Twitter, we all of it means so much to us. We're so grateful for all of it. So thank you. Anybody who wants to support, you can do so uh, through PayPal, through Patreon, um, or you know any other creative ways. Thank you uh, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Later.